Come on, I know you guys want to clap. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Come on, come on. I felt it. I felt it. And then Joe started praying, and we were like, oh. Oh, we need to clap. We need to clap and celebrate the Lord. Uh, and so, my name is Misael Gonzalez, and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, this church, we love to celebrate. We love to celebrate what God is doing. And so, if it's okay, I'm going to take like three things, and we're going to celebrate these three things. So, the first one is next week. Some of you might remember a man and a pastor named Harvey Sparks. Harvey will be here next week with us, uh, and so I'm so grateful that he's going to be here hanging out, and we're going to love that. Uh, so the second thing I want to celebrate is my man, Scott Colby. So Scott, if you'll just come up here, I just want to have you come up here just real quick if you want to run. And so as Scott's coming up here. He's one of the things I love about Scott. I'm standing on a platform that's maybe like a foot maybe tall and so I'm like a foot taller than normal and I'm almost maybe barely <laughs> taller than Scott and I love it and so what I love about this man is that he's been a deacon at our church for a while but he just said you know what I want to be a deacon on the Tulsa campus and so I want to be here I want to love this place I also want to do security obviously because he's you know, a big guy but what I love about Scott is his heart as well and he's someone who's like I'm all in I love this community I love this campus let's go so if you ever need a hype man, this is Scott. You need him. So if we could just celebrate him real quick. Hey, thank you, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just love seeing new deacons and new people who are just like, okay, I'm all in. Okay, the last one before we start is Chad Balthrop. So Chad, if you'll stand up for us, please. Amazing. We just clap for Chad. As you stay standing, I just want you guys to know Chad is also one of our pastors at the church. And... Uh, it was, a, boy, a couple weeks ago, right? A couple weeks ago, uh, Chad got COVID, and so he was really sick. He had to go to the hospital and the ER, and then he had to go home, and uh, we were praying for Chad. We prayed for him here. We prayed for him the entire church, uh, and we got to see God just do some incredible things in his body. So just to see him here, amen, you can sit. Just to see him here has just been incredible for us as a church and for me as a, f a fellow friend and pastor because when I see Chad, when I see Scott, when I think about Harvey coming back, I just can't help but think God is moving. And the last thing that I, I, I want our church to do is to miss out on what God is doing right in front of our face because he's consistently moving and, and I just want to make sure that we consistently celebrate that. Because when we celebrate that, I think it's an incredible moment to honor the Lord, to honor him and who he is, what he's done, the work of his hand. And so when we think about this word honor, maybe, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you can, maybe you can see it. It's like Misael, I, can, I know what honor is when I see it, but maybe you haven't taken like the two seconds to Google it like I did. And so here's what Google says about this word honor. When we think about honor, honor is treating someone with admiration and respect. It's a kind of special recognition due to position, relationship, and accomplishments. And so when we think about this word honor and how we honor people in certain positions and the relationship that we have with them and maybe their accomplishments, I want to point to just a couple of people that we honor in our life just so we understand what we're talking about. So here's the first one. We as, as a people here, we honor our troops. We honor those who have served in the military, those who have sacrificed their life for us because, in a sense, they provided protection for us. They have protected us. So we honor our troops and both the living and then how we honor them when we put them in the grave. And so uh, the second one that we do is, uh, oh, there you go. There's the picture for you. Ta-da. 
So the second thing that we honor, second people group that we honor are teachers. And now we have a couple teachers in the room, which is incredible. And so there are some teachers who have trusted us. There are some teachers who have just believed in us and empowered us. And in a sense, you could say that they're the ones who helped us kind of propel because of the trust that they put in us. And so we see that we honor troops, we honor teachers. We also honor nurses. Man, especially after COVID, during COVID, nurses were one of those individuals that we just honored so well because they kind of gave us hope in those moments that we didn't have. And when we were there, maybe some of you were there or those who were there in the hospital in the ER, uh, they were the ones trying to give hope and say, it's going to be okay, we're going to be fine. And so they provided hope for us. The next people that we, that we can honor are our parents or our guardians. These people who, and this is actually a picture of my mom and my dad, my little brother at graduation. Uh, and so I show you this picture because we have to honor them because they're the ones that kind of like endure our selfishness. They endure our stubbornness. They endure all the fights that we have because we think we're the parent or guardian, but really they're the parent and guardian. Uh, and so these are the people that we honor and they're incredible people because of their position or maybe their relationship to us or maybe their accomplishments. But when we think about that, man, we have many more reasons to honor God. We have many more reasons to honor him and his position as the almighty, all creator one. We have so many more reasons to celebrate him and honor him because of his relationship with us, his relationship with creation. And then his accomplishments. I mean, think about the work that Jesus did on the cross. We can honor him with what he has done as the creator, the redeemer of all things. And so as we examine who love is and what love does, we truly see that love honors. Love honors. And we're going to look more at that uh, this morning. And so I just want to make sure we're on the same page of like, Misad, why are we talking about honor? Why are we talking about love? So maybe, maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been with us for a little bit. And so I just want to make sure I remind you and also that we're on the same page. Uh, so just, just like you saw in some of the graphics, maybe the intro, we are in this series called That Love Is. And I think this series is so important for us because we live in this world that has distorted what love is because I think it's forgot to ask the question of who love is. And so this whole series, I hope you capture that whole idea that we have to remember who love is in a world that has distorted what love is. We have to remember who love is in a world that has distorted what love is. And, and I hope that once we finish up with this series, which will actually be next week, we're going to finish that up next week. I hope you remember this example for like the rest of your life. That whenever you think about John 3.16, you will see and you'll remember that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Meaning that he first loved and then he sent. He first loved and then he gave. And then the part of that example is that God didn't like send his son to test us and see if we were lovable. To see if maybe I can love them. No, he already did. And that's why he sent. And so I hope that we capture that idea. Because then I think of 1 John uh, chapter 14 verse 19 that says that because God loved us first, we can love. And so it's this whole series about who love is and then what is love. And so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it's okay if maybe if you don't know where 1 Corinthians is at, that's totally okay. You can go to that uh, table of contents and you can see, okay, where is, this, where is this book at? But 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 
We're going to read verses 1 to 7. Uh, And so I'm going to ask us to stand up out of the honor of God's word together. And as you stand, uh, I I want you to keep in mind that Paul right now is writing to a people who are fighting because it's like, well, I have these gifts, or I have these talents, or I have these gifts, I have these talents. And Paul's saying, no, 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 it's all about love, because if, lo- if you don't have love, you have nothing. And so we're going to read verses 1 all the way to 7. It says this, If I speak in tongues of men nor of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Oh man, that is beautiful. This is the word of the Lord, and praise be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, as we look at this, as we look at the textual idea of what's going on, I want, I want us to realize that Paul gives a practical list of intentional actions. These intentional actions that show us what love is. And so the big main idea, I've already kind of foreshadowed it a little bit, but I want you to write this down as the big sermon idea, is that love honors. Love honors honors. And when we examine what love is or who love is, we see that love honors because God is love and God honors. So that's the big sermon idea. And so we're going to focus on verse 7. Verse 7 that says it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And so the first thing that I want us to see in this text comes from it always protects. And the, the point I want us to get from here is that Love honors the weak. Love honors the weak. And so we might be asking, okay, how does, how does love protect? How, how does love actually do that? Well, it does it by honoring the weak. It does it by loving those who, who maybe need help. And if you think about it, every single human being is weak and needs help. And so God has been the first one to honor us and to come to us and when we look at this word protects in the Greek, you can kind of see two dimensions of it that Paul is talking about. Now, the first dimension might be this word endure, that this part of protecting is part of enduring. And, and maybe we can use the English idiom that we use is that, you know, love can take a punch. Love can take a punch to the gut, to the throat, to the face, because love is something that bears things. It's something that, uh, that maybe uh, someone who has done you wrong, man, I can, I can still love them. Bear, uh, love can, can bear with many offenses. It's one that can continue going even through all the difficulty. Love is this thing that endures, and maybe that's one of the things that Paul is talking about. Enduring even against our enemies. And so we look at Luke chapter 6, verse 27, that says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. 
man, that just makes us keep going of saying love always protects, love endures. And when we love people, we honor them. And, and when we think about it, God has, has loved us and has honored us in our weakest moments. Even in those weakest moments where we are trying to like either ignore God and not adore him, but we're trying to walk away, he has loved us even in those moments. And like all week I've been thinking about Romans, uh, Romans 5.10 that just states that even though we were enemies of God, he still loved us. That even though we didn't want anything to do with God, he still wanted everything to do with us. And so God has loved us, has reconciled us, has provided a way for us to be saved, even though we were his enemies. And so the second thing, kind of nuance that we see with this word protects, it's also this word that you could say for covers. That love covers, that it honors in the way that it covers. I think of Psalm 91 where it talks about how uh, God is our refuge, that God covers us with his wings that we can find rest in his shadow. I mean, it's just incredible how this all works out. But he protects us. And, and you might be asking me, well, how does God protect us? Is it mentally? Is it physically? Is it spiritually? Well, I'm going to go ahead and just say all of the above. Like, yes, he does. And so I want to read this to you. It's, it's Psalms 121. And, and this is just beautiful. Check this out. It says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Anyone singing the song yet? Anyone? He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber or sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night, nor uh, or, uh, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forever. You see, I resonate with this part that says the Lord is your shade at your right hand. I don't know if any of you saw my Facebook or Instagram posts when I got to go on this vacation. And we try to make our vacation really cheap. And so you guys have might have laughed at my friend Graham and I riding our bikes, pulling our luggage behind us because we didn't want to call a taxi or an Uber. And so try, you know, balancing and doing all that. So you guys might have seen that. Look, guys, we're trying to make it really cheap, okay? Um, and so as we were doing that, I mean, we were out in the sun a lot. Like I got so burnt and I usually never get burnt in my life, but because I've been spending a lot of time in the office, it just kind of happened. And so as we were outside, we got to this beach area and we were just so hot. And you guys might resonate with what I'm about to say. We were just so hot and we found like this palm tree and we were like, oh, it's some shade. And as soon as we walked in the shade, it got like 30 degrees cooler. Anybody with me when in Oklahoma? Just 30 degrees, and I was like, whoo, I can actually rest. And so I remember just like laying down on my towel, just saying, okay, this is nice. Like I could be here all day. And as I was laying there, I said, wow, this is, this is how I can feel physically. It's like a physical and spiritual representation of how we can find rest in the Lord's shadow. Like it's a kind of rest that you're like, man, I could stay here all day. This is nice. Because as soon as I get out in the sun, it, it just feels, you know, like I could just feel it like cooking my skin but the Lord, we can find rest in his shadow. We can find rest in his shade. And this is just encouraging for us because maybe today you walked in here super tired and wanting to find rest. And can I just tell you and encourage you that you can and will find rest in the shade and the shadow of the Lord. 
you totally can. You can rest there. You can be protected there. You can find him there even in your weakest moments because the Lord honors the weak. And so the next thing that we see is that love not only always protects, and notice how all of these say always, always protects. The second thing is that it always trusts. And so a point that we can draw from this is that love honors uh, the word. So not only does it honor the weak, but love honors the word. And so how can we always trust? Well, we can trust by honoring the word. And I don't know if you relate to this, but the moments that I have felt most honored in my life is when someone takes me at my word where I say something and they trust it, where I can maybe give them a story and they believe it. And you see, maybe some of you have these friendships or this dating relationship or this marriage where you like don't really trust each other's word. Uh, well, there might be some reevaluating to be done there and I'd love to talk to you about that. That'd be great because maybe it's you, maybe it's them, maybe it's both of you, you never know. But that's the thing is that when we honor one another, we're gonna honor each other's word and and. Uh, I'll be honest, like you can, you can ask some of the people that really know me. If I lived in a time without GPS, I don't know what I would do. Like literally everywhere I go, I take my phone out. I'm like beep, boop, beep, boop. And it's just like, all right, that's how I get to my house. Awesome. I've lived here for like a year <laughs> just because I get so confused. And if I lived in a time without GPS, I don't know if I could really trust somebody's word or trust myself when they're like, yeah, you know, turn south and turn east and turn north and then turn here and then turn there and then go straight for a little bit on 169 and then go westbound and then blah, 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 blah. Guys, I don't even know what direction I'm facing right now. Like, it might be like, what, south, north? Okay, you see, I don't even know. And so, like, I don't know if I lived before GPS if I could ever make it because, stop laughing at me, he knows. I don't know if I could ever make it. But the thing is, is that when it comes to honoring, we have to be able uh, to love through the way that we honor it. And trust is a huge thing when it comes to love. Trust is a huge aspect of love within our relationships with others and with God. And so here's a couple of things I want us to think about. God has trusted us. God entrusted humanity to be co-rulers of the earth with him. Like we as humanity got to name animals. We, got to, we get to work the soil. We get to fill the earth. God has also entrusted us and entrusted the people of Israel with the Ark of the Covenant. This Ark that was the symbol of God's presence and God's power. Like the Ark that if someone like touched it when they shouldn't have, they died. He entrusted humanity with that. He's also entrusted humanity with the mission He's entrusted humanity with the mission, not just a mission or like some little small mission, but the mission that carries the gospel of the truth of the Jesus Christ. He's entrusted us with that to be the hands and the feet to carry that, the ones who are bearers of the mission, the ones that, that have the ability to open up God's word and say this, they just point to Jesus and say, this is what God has said. This is who Jesus is. And he can set you free from darkness and, and ye can be the father to the fatherless. And you can have a family though you might not feel like you have one because you have a family of faith. This is the Jesus who can transform you from the inside out, the one who can completely restore you, the one who can provide such a beautiful relationship that gives hope for now and for the future, which is eternal life. 
And so it's just so beautiful how God has trusted us. And when I think about that, I ask myself the question, and maybe you guys have asked this question, why do I find it so hard to trust God? If he's entrusted us with these things, why do I find it so hard to honor his word, to honor his trust? You know, I like the way the ESV translation of the Bible puts it. It says that love believes all things. So why do we find it so hard to believe God in all things, to honor him? Because he has made himself so trustworthy. He's the one that's given us all the evidence to trust him. And here's my answer to that. I think my answer to that is I I think we have forgotten to do what Psalm 62 says. And so I want to read Psalm 62 to you. So have you ever been in a moment where you've just had to say this or maybe ask God or maybe told God this? I know that's been a while for me. Uh, It says this, Psalm 62, starting at verse 5. It says, yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. You see, there are so many times I think in life that we need to just remind ourselves to honor God's word, to honor his word. Because in our relationship with Jesus, we ought to be a people who believe everything that he says, all of what his word says, because he's perfect. Jesus is perfect. His word is perfect. We can believe him. And there's no better time to trust in the Lord and to believe in him than right now. There's no better time to trust in his word than right now. And as believers, I think we have this responsibility to also trust the word of others, to trust them and say, okay, let's see, with with the wisdom that the Lord has given me, I want to trust what you are saying, but I do need to be cautious because you're not perfect and I'm not perfect and maybe I can't follow those directions like you gave them to me, but I'm gonna trust that what you're saying is true. And the next thing is, is maybe, uh, maybe today you're, you're not a believer. Maybe today you don't know Jesus. Well, I promise you this morning, you're going to find out exactly who he is. And there's no better moment and no better time to trust in Jesus than right now in this moment. And so we see that, that love honors the weak. Love honors the word. And the next thing I want us to see is that love honors the way. Love honors the way. And we get this from this part that says that love always hopes. We're still in verse seven. Love always hopes. And so how does love always hope? What honors the way. So who's the way? That's Jesus. What is the way? Jesus. How can we get to the way? Jesus. That is who Jesus is. And I wanna point us to uh, Matthew chapter seven, verses 13 and 14. And it says this. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. You see, Jesus is the only way. He is the narrow gate that few find. 
And I think so many times in our culture, I don't remember if I've, if I've preached on this before here, if it was in the, the Sunday night service, or if it was in the Owasso campus, or if I've already said this, I think it's just a great reminder for us. But the thing is, is I think in our culture, we've actually accidentally created three ways rather than two. We've created the, this way that's in the middle where it's like, you know what, I can kind of say I'm a believer and I can kind of do all the good things, but I, I'm, not, I'm not really a follower of Jesus. You know, maybe I can do all of these good things and maybe I can get to heaven. You see, that way actually doesn't exist. It says either you're on the narrow gate, going through the narrow way, or you're on the broad way. And so I'm going to ask you a question, and I actually want some participation here. I want you to raise your hands. How many of you have ever maybe felt like a minority in life? Anybody? Let me, let me just kind of like blow your mind real quick. If you are a believer in Jesus, did you know that you are a minority? Think about that. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're actually in the minority because how many people in this world just don't want Jesus? And so I want us to think about that as we walk through this because Jesus is not just a way or some way. He is the way. And I know that's a hard statement for some of you because it's like, no, I mean, you know, there's all these opinions and all these truths. But the thing is that there is something called objective truth. And Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only way to the Father. And without Jesus, there is no hope for today or for tomorrow. You see, but with Jesus, there is this hope. And maybe we can proclaim today what Psalm 71, 14 says. It says this, as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to re relate them all. So it says, my hope will always be in you. And as believers, I, I hope that we would be the first, we'd be the first to honor the way, that we'd be the first that we say we will always uh, protect, we will always trust, we will always hope. And so maybe this morning, you're just feeling the Lord encouraging you, saying, you know what, let's be optimistic. Let's be optimistic in a world that just loves to talk about all these things that are going wrong. How about we proclaim and say, here's all the things that the Lord is doing. Here's how we're going to celebrate what God is doing, what he's doing in my life, in our church, in my family. Let's do that because when it comes to hope, when it comes to celebrating all these things, it's not based on the Christian. It's based on Christ himself. This hope that we have is not in who I am, but in who Jesus is. The one that's made the way for us. The one that has given us restoration and forgiveness. He's the one that has, has, be, has begun all things in creation. And he's the one who's going to finish all things at the end. He is the author, the creator, the sustainer, the finisher of our faith. And so this morning we've, we've seen a couple things. We've seen that love honors the weak. Love honors the word, love honors the way. Uh, and the last thing I want us to see is that love honors the work. Love honors the work. And we see this where it says that love always perseveres. Um, the ESV, I love how it, how it says is that it's, uh, it endures all things. And then the Misael version of this whole thing is that love respects the grind. Love respects the grind. I mean, think about it. If anyone has ever told you 
that like love is easy and it takes zero effort and all it takes is just this, this you know, little feeling in, in your whatever, that is a complete lie because love takes work. And I want you to remember what we said last week is that love is a decision that you make and an action that you take. It's a decision that you make and an action that you take. It's not just one moment. It's not just like one little glance where your pupils dilate because all the dopamine in your system. It's not because you're someone who's like, oh, I said I do and, and now easy. That's not what it is at all. When it comes to love, love is a decision and an action that we have to make every single day. And so we have to be a people who honors the work, that respects the grind. And the reason we can do that is because that's who God is. That's what Jesus has done. Jesus is the one who endured the death that we deserved. Jesus is the one who for, for a slow moment was hanging on this cross, dying slowly. And never once did he say, man, I wish I wasn't here. But if anything, he said, man, I'm here for you. And so when we think about the cross of Christ, it should lead us to honor him, to honor what he's done, to humbly come before him and say, Lord, will you help me? Will you help me to be someone who always protects, who always trusts, who always hopes, who always endures because you endured for me? And you know, God is not just telling us that we need to endure the flaws of others. He's saying that we need to endure for the cause of the gospel. We need to endure for the cause of Christ. And so maybe this morning you're just so tired. You're so tired of doing good. Maybe you're so tired of doing ministry. Maybe you're so tired of doing things for your family. Well, I'm here to tell you that God says to endure. God says to endure and to keep going. Do not grow tired of doing good. Love God, honor God with who you are, with what you have. Because Jesus is just so much better. His love is so much better. And I'm telling you, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself. I'm with you on all this. I have needed the Lord in my life to do that. And so I want you to hear these last words, these last words from Hebrews chapter 12. It says this, and let us run with endurance, the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen, amen. Let's pray together. As you're taking a moment to, to pray, I wanna guide you in how you can respond to the Lord. Not that this is the only way, but I wanna guide you in some thoughts. Maybe this morning you need to ask the Lord saying, Lord, will you help me? Will you help me love in the way that I honor others? 
the way I honor my parents, my guardians, my teachers, my friends, my relationships. Lord, will you help me proclaim you and how I do all these things? Or maybe this morning you're saying, Lord, I just, I need, I need your protection. Lord, I need you. I'm in this moment where I feel like all these shots are being fired at me. God, help me find rest in your shadow. Find rest in your shade. Or maybe this morning you're someone who says, Misael, I didn't realize that Jesus was the only way. Misael, I've just never realized that Jesus is real and that he actually did come down to our filth and that he loved me so much even though I was his enemy that he came down, that he lived the perfect life, that he died this, this death that I deserved because of the debt of my sin. But that's not where it ended and I just didn't realize, I didn't realize that Jesus, he rose again after three days to restore me, to save me, to love me. And so maybe you're, you're one of these individuals or maybe you're someone who's like, Lord, will you help me endure? Will you help me persevere? Lord, I wanna be someone who is reminded of your cross and how you endured so that I may too endure in what I'm doing. God, thank you for these sweet moments that we get to just thank you for who you are, for what you do. Lord, I pray that as we respond to you, it would be with genuine hearts, genuine hearts that are just longing for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.